Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. I'm back with you guys. And unfortunately, I'm back with you right after four straight losses. The Braves uh, are on a little bit of a skid right now uh, after winning eight straight and everybody feeling really good about things. Uh, four straight losses is something Braves fans are not used to. Uh, the Braves themselves are not used to. This is the first time that the Braves have lost four straight games since uh, kind of the, the lowest part of the 2021 season before they went on to, of course, win the World Series. So maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. That's probably uh, a little bit more than just seeing the glass half full. But uh, that being said, you know, you don't want to get too low. This is, of course, very early in the season. After a very good start, um, the Braves have definitely uh, played not so great baseball the last four games against two very good teams in San Diego. They they won that series but lost the last game of that series, come back home, and unfortunately the Braves have not played well at home, and then they get swept by the Astros. That is not something that happens in Atlanta very often, the Braves getting swept, of course, by a good Astros team, but uh, an Astros team that really had not been playing well until they came to Atlanta uh, in this weekend series. So just a very frustrating three games against the Astros for sure. If you guys caught it, basically the Braves blowing all three games. That's where it particularly stings. You know, it's one thing when you get blown out in one game or, or whatever, or the bats go silent, but um, to, to be leading in all three of these games and then to lose all three, it's quite frustrating. Of course, typically when that happens, you look towards the bullpen and that is a big part of the issue for the Braves. It's not the only issue right now. And the Braves bullpen has been very good leading up to this series. So it's hard to uh, throw too much shade on them, but you do have to uh, obviously look at the events of this series and say, yeah, the bullpen was not very good um, in this one. So, you know, you get, you lose four straight. The Braves now uh, are tied with the Mets uh, at the end of Sunday. Um, tied for the Mets for the divisional lead. And uh, the Braves will go on to take on the Marlins for the next four games. The Marlins actually have been playing pretty decent baseball. They do have a winning record at this point. So they're not going to be pushovers. Uh, those games are in Atlanta. So hopefully uh, the Braves can bounce back. They have been almost dominant on the road and struggled at home. So maybe they can bounce back and play well at home. You'd like them to start feeling good about um their home games. So, you know, what's been going on with the Braves these last four games? Uh, the the obvious thing is uh, the bullpen, but the other thing is the offense. The offense has cooled off, uh, and I really start to wonder, you know, the Braves have had to undergo some, like some other teams too, but, you know, they've had to uh, try to overcome some of these uh, nagging injuries that have happened early in the season Travis Darno and Michael Harris have been out for extended periods of time. And I think that's really starting to show up. Um, and, you know, I think it, it get it got glossed over a good bit because the top three or four in the order were, they just, we just started so well. Um, and a couple of them are still playing well, but a couple have really fallen off the last week or so, you know, Ronald Acuna and, uh, and Murphy have both, just been carrying the Braves pretty much, it seems like their entire offense over the last week. Acuna has been awesome all year. He really has not waned at all. But his last seven games, he's hitting almost 400, a 450 on base percentage, almost 600 slugging percentage, and 
on top of all that, six stolen bases. Right now, Acuna leads baseball with 12 steals. He's been a menace on the base paths, just very fun to watch. He has not hit a home run in that stretch. So the power has been, it's been more doubles, singles, stolen bases. Basically, he's on second base almost all the time right now. Um, so he is doing his part in, in trying to get some things going. The Braves have still been pretty good about scoring early runs. And yet it's like the bats are going absolutely silent for the second half of these games. Um, unfortunately, Matt Olson, who's of course hitting in the number two spot, uh, he has just gone totally silent over the last week. He's hitting 115 with a 233 on base percentage over that time, just a 300 slugging percentage, only one home run, uh, and just obviously not doing much at all during that time in 12 strikeouts. And I think that's about 26 at bats. So striking out almost once every two times up, uh, he's been pretty bad after starting really great. So, you know, maybe this is who Olsen is. Maybe he's just a little bit more of a streaky hitter. He definitely looks a little frustrated at the plate right now. Uh, and hopefully he's going to break out of that really quickly. Uh, but you know, when, when Acuna's getting on so much, it's a little more glaring with, with Olsen's struggles when he's not able to put the bat on the ball at all, move him over to third base, at least, uh, in those situations and, you know, give Austin Riley a little bit more of a chance to at least hit a sacrifice fly and get some of those, uh, those cheap, uh, runs in. And it just doesn't, it hasn't happened that much because Riley has also been struggling over the last seven. He is only hitting 160 with a 241 on base percentage and uh, a 320 slugging. He has not hit a home run since he hit one uh, home run in San Diego that helped the Braves win two, a two to nothing game. And since that, he has just not done much um, at all. So, you know, it's just pretty glaring when, when Acuna is getting on so much. Olsen and Riley have just gone silent. Now, very thankfully, Sean Murphy at the, on the four, the four spot has also been really awesome for the Braves lately. So another really positive thing for them is Murphy and how, how he has stepped up in the absence of Travis Darno. Now, he's only hitting 250 over the last week, but 400 on-base percentage and a very robust 700 slugging percentage. Uh, he basically does not hit singles. Uh, these are home runs. These are doubles. He's got three home runs during that time. And when this guy hits a home run, it's pretty fun to watch. He swings really hard and uh, his home runs go very far. And uh, so Murphy on top of kind of proving to Braves fans, I think already how excellent of a defensive catcher he is. Uh, he has been hitting the ball uh, a long, long ways. So uh, yeah, him and Acuna have been impressive, but it's hard to say that much else has gone right offensively for the Braves over these last several games. Um, and so I think when the top of the lineup, when all three or four top guys are playing at their best, you almost don't need the rest of the guys, right? They can carry you uh, through a lot of games and you're going to score a lot of runs just with those guys doing what they're capable of doing. Unfortunately, those those bats have gone silent, and his, it has exposed the back end of the lineup a lot more recently. Um, you, you know, you've had a few good moments. Uh, Ozzy Albies has been a little better. He's he's hit a couple extra base hits. He has several RBIs in this series, so that's a positive development. Uh, I think Sam Hilliard has been uh, just pretty solid throughout the course of his. You know, he's he's been uh, forced to play a lot of center field lately, and he's graded out 
well defensively. He's still hitting over 300 right now, so you give him some credit. Uh, but there's been several guys in the lineup that have just been a big negative, and that is particularly true of the DH position. Um, so, you know, we are awaiting the return of Travis Darno and Michael Harris. I think those two guys are obviously incredibly important to the offense. It is amazing to think about how well the Braves had been playing without them, but I think this last stretch just has really proven uh, the need for that depth of lineup that, that these guys are going to provide. Uh, I think when Darno comes back, partially because that injury is a concussion, I think you're going to see him at DH much more than catcher early on. That just makes sense, and Murphy has proven himself to be able to play multiple days without a break. Um, and he actually, Murphy uh, hits a lot better uh, historically as a when he's catching than when he's DHing. Uh, so I think Darno is going to be DHing partially for that reason, but also the DH has just been an absolute black hole for the Braves offensively. The Braves rank absolute last in baseball in uh, war at the DH position. Uh, it is ugly. It's almost a full negative 1.0 war already this season. Uh, Ozuna, everybody knows that Marcel Ozuna is, has just been horrendous at the plate. I mean, I, I don't even know what his average is right now. Like, 070. It's something like that. He's getting booed every time up. And I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame any Braves fans for booing him right now. He has just been a, a total negative on the team. Uh, and unfortunately I like Eddie Rosario a lot more, but he hasn't been much better. He's had a couple good moments. I think it's been hard for him. The Braves have faced a lot of lefties early in the season and he's gotten uh, he's gotten benched a lot, and that's also pretty difficult when you're just getting yo-yoed back and forth in the lineup, out of the lineup every other game. I think he's had multiple days where he's set two or three days in a row. Uh, but ex excuses aside, Ozuna and Rosario both have been just very bad. Um, the, the only other guy who's gotten any kind of significant at-bats at the DH position has been Darno, and he's the only positive. Everybody else has been bad, done basically nothing, uh, and Darno, for a few starts early in the season, had some good games at the DH position. So I think it just makes sense when he comes back that he's going to get a lot of DH at-bats, uh, especially against lefties, and then maybe you try to continue to go with Rosario for a little bit and see what he can do. But, you know, ultimately you just got to put your best – your best team out there. And it also makes me wonder when Darno comes back, is there even a place for Ozuna on this roster anymore? You guys know that I've been beating a drum for a long time that Ozuna should not be on this team. They have stuck with him for way longer than I think a lot of teams would. But now it starts to get to, you know, what is Ozuna's role? If if he's not going to hit and Darno comes back and the decision is that Darno is going to get even more DH at bats than maybe was originally planned, uh, then what are you even doing with Ozuna? He's certainly not going to give you any uh, any value defensively. Um, and you just, at some point, you just don't know, you know, what is the purpose of this guy being on the team. So I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say 100% this is going to happen, but I think there's more of a chance than not that when Darno gets reinstated, that um, that Ozuna might be gone. This might be the the shoe that drops. Um, you know. That being said, in some ways, I'd be shocked if that does happen or surprised. 
just because the Braves, every time I think it's time for Ozuna to go, and it's kind of obvious to me that he's going to go, he doesn't go. Um, and look, it's about the money. We know it's about the money. They don't want to eat the money. Um, and and it's also about, you know, he, he has proven in the past to be a really good major league hitter. But he has not done it for the last two years. And he looks so bad right now that you just wonder if he's ever going to do it again. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, of course, as it goes, if they if they do release Ozuna, he might latch on with another team and then just start hitting the cover off the ball. Yeah, it, it could happen, but he's not doing it for the Braves. And and I think you know you start really seeing what the what this team could look like day in day out offensively with both Murphy and Darno in the lineup. And I think it's a whole lot better than if Ozuna's in that lineup. Um, so anyways, obviously Michael Harris getting back to center field would be great too. You guys know, I love Michael Harris. Uh, it is amazing to think the Braves have basically felt no positive impact from Harris this year. You know, he played just the first few games of the season. He didn't really do anything particularly special, um, in those few games. Uh, so he wasn't hitting on all cylinders. It seemed like. So getting him back and getting him to uh, what he was doing last year would be sh uh, just such a shot in the arm. And and again, you start thinking about Harrison Darno being back in this lineup every day, how that link lengthens the lineup that much more. I think if that happened too, you might see Hilliard slide over to left. Maybe you get a – we've seen Pilar play a lot of left field lately, and that has also spoken to how they've they've gone away from Ozuna. But I wonder if if it becomes a Hilliard and Pilar left field platoon, uh, and then you have a kind of a DH platoon with Rosario and and Darno at DH, um, and I think that might be at least for the short term that might be your best your best bet and see if Hilliard can continue because he has looked very good. I, I heard one report the other day. You guys might have watched the game that was on Apple TV, which I really hate, by the way. I do not like those Apple TV commentators. They don't seem to know much about the teams that they are uh, commentating on, but they did give one little nugget that I appreciated, and that was that um, Chipper Jones has been working one-on-one -on -one with Hilliard, and that makes a lot of sense because Hilliard has been really hitting the ball well, just playing well generally. Uh, so anyways, I could see him sliding over to left, Maybe Pilar gets some at-bats against lefties, and you go with that, uh, along with Michael Harris being back in center field. Suddenly, you have either Hilliard or or Pilar as your nine hitter, and everything else just kind of falls in. Maybe maybe Grissom goes down to eight, and you can just see how that lineup lengthens with those guys. Uh, it starts getting much more to you know what, what that lineup looked like at the beginning of the year. Uh, speaking of Grissom, you know, I just want to say he has not looked very good defensively, guys. And you guys know I am a, a big fan of Grissom long term. Maybe this is starting to expose some things that the Braves already knew and was not as evident in spring training. Uh, look, struggles defensively. The guy, you don't want to just throw the guy out just because he's looked bad in a couple games. But you can see that that he is not... Um, I would say even an average defensive out, uh, defensive shortstop right now. Uh, he has still hit the ball pretty well. Uh, he hasn't hit for much power. He's basically been a singles hitter since he's been up. But um, you, I do wonder long term 
if our, if Arcia has to be out for an extended period of time, if the Braves do something differently at shortstop, at least in the short term, uh, I don't know. It, it's something to pay attention to long term. Uh, one of his errors did definitely hurt the Braves in that second game of the Astros series. It prolonged the inning. Two-run homer was hit right after that. That always hurts. Uh, so, you know, again, I'm pulling for Grissom to figure this out. Uh, but defensive ability is not something that just happens overnight. Um, he's going to have to continue to work hard. He knows that. I think he's generally had a good attitude about it. But the Braves, you know, they are in win-now mode. And uh, so if it's an occasional error here and there, you can overcome that. If it's if it's one error every game or even every other game, that really starts to wear on the rest of the team. Uh, so hopefully he can he can improve, and we'll just have to see on that one. The other struggle that's been frustrating over the last few games against the Astros especially has been the bullpen. Uh, and, and I think this is the same story as the lineup. Uh, you know, a couple key guys being out. Uh, the Braves bullpen was... Let's be honest, they were overachieving in a lot of ways over the last um, week or so. You had Jeff, Jesse Chavez had not allowed a run all season. Uh, you had Tonkin coming in from out of nowhere and pitching really well. Um, and these guys have started to be put into really high leverage moments. And against the Astros, they just didn't get it done. Uh, Chavez came in in game one and gave up the lead. It was a four to one game. He gives up three runs almost immediately. Uh, and the Braves end up losing that one. And, you know, Tonkin, like I said, came in. He's given up a couple lately. Yates also came in in last uh, the Saturday game and did not look good and gave up a, a key run. You know, and these guys are being put in high-leverage situations where at the full strength of this bullpen, you're not going to have Kirby Yates coming in in the eighth inning. You're not. He's He's one of the last guys out of the bullpen. You might have Chavez coming in the sixth, not in the seventh or eighth. Um, and so you're seeing that, right? You're seeing them spread a little thin. And then on top of that, what's complicating is Mentor has not been sharp at all. He gives up a home run to Yonder Alonso. Uh, sorry, not Yonder Alonso. That's, that's back in the day. Uh, to Jordan Alvarez um, in game one uh, in a tie game in the ninth inning. Um, and that, that cost the Braves that game. And then he blows another game. He comes in into a tough situation, but you know, and this one I think was a questionable decision by Snicker. Uh, again, mentor had given up that home run to Alvarez in game one. He clearly has not been sharp lately. It's a bases loaded situation in the eighth, uh, with two outs, uh, Alvarez coming up. He calls on mentor again, uh, same dude. And, Alvarez gets him again, not a home run this time, but a two run single ties the game. Uh, and then the Braves go on mentor gives it up in the next inning. And, you know, just frustrating, uh, mentor, a lot has been asked of him. I really think I don't, it's hard to fully understand what's going on with him. Maybe it's just early and he's not sharp. Um, but he was one I was concerned about with the pitch clock more than anybody else. He's one of the slowest really pitchers. Uh, for the Braves, or he has been over the last few years. And I think it's messing with him. And, um, you know, again, that being said, it's that. Maybe it's just the fact that he's out of that setup man role and he's being asked to to do more. Maybe he's feeling the pressure of that. I don't know. But he's had a tough stretch of things for sure. And 
you know, the bullpen as a whole, like, like I said, uh, you give them a lot of credit for the first few weeks of the season, but, but these last three or four games have been pretty rough. Now, that being said, you know, there's, there's some negatives, obviously, to this podcast because the Braves have lost four in a row, uh, and there's been some negatives. Um, you know, and trying to point out some positives, too, and Acuna and Murphy offensively are, are two of those things that I definitely wanted to mention. But another positive, I think, that is looking very um, up for the Braves moving into this next stretch of games is the starting rotation. Everything seems to be back in place. Max Fried had a really good game today. Uh, gives up no runs over six and two-thirds innings. Uh, Spencer Strider, I think, probably had one of his best starts of the season. In his last start, after being a little shaky uh, early on, I'd mentioned him before. It looked like he'd gotten kind of chewed out by Kranitz, and since then, he has really looked more like Spencer Strider uh, of last year. Kyle Wright has been a little on and off since his return, but he's getting stretched out. Really, you, I think you could realistically say his last start would have been like his last start of spring training. I mean, he's kind of just now getting to where you expect him to be sharp and, and fully ready to go. Um, but he's had good moments too. Uh, Charlie Morton had his best start of his season in his last start. And, um, and then Elder has been just really solid since he got called up. And so you have five guys that you, you really feel pretty good about every time out. It's just a matter of getting uh, our offense back on track and getting the bullpen a little more locked down uh, and in place. So uh, that might not happen for a few games, but hopefully it does. And going against the Marlins, you're not going against the Astros uh, and that level of competition. But, man, it does feel like the Astros just kicked our butts three straight games, and especially in the late innings. Astros just dominated. Uh, I think the broadcast today said they, they've outscored the Braves 12 to nothing, uh, seventh inning on. And, you know, that's been one weird thing about the Braves is positive. You know, they've been really, really good in the early innings of scoring early, um, but they have not been good late in games. You know, so it's kind of a, a yin and yang to that. For some reason, they've it's like they're just on fire early and then they're asleep late in the game. And hopefully they can get a little more balanced and, and do it in both <laughs> and start dominating again. Look, they're 14 and eight, um, you know, looking at this. From a little distance, they're just fine. Uh, it's frustrating to lose four in a row, uh, but they uh, they have four against the Marlins, and guess who's coming up next? Then they play the Mets. So you take three out of four against the Marlins, you start feeling better about yourself again, then you go and beat the Mets, and all will be right with the world. Uh, I'm hoping that that will, that will be the case. Uh, I'm hoping that in that stretch, we might see Darno and Michael Harris again. Um, both of those guys, there's no strict timetable, uh, but I would be shocked if we didn't see both of them uh, before before May 1st, you know, uh, which would be, you know, basically a week out or less for both. I'm no doctor. I don't know how they're doing. Concussions and backs are both notoriously just, it's difficult to put a timetable on either, and you don't want to mess with either of those. Uh, so that's what's frustrating about those two, uh, those two injuries. I will say I've heard that Colin McHugh is probably coming back in the next day or two. That will be very good, deep in the bullpen, just a little bit more. And um, Iglesias may be the end of April, early May. Uh, so he his has taken a little longer than I expected. 
but they're obviously being super, uh, just super cautious with all these guys. You can appreciate that, but uh, when you start losing, it gets a little more frustrating and you get a little less patient with it than when you're winning. So, um, all right, Braves fans, well, be patient with me. Uh, I hope that the Braves go out and just, you know, destroy the Marlins in four games and we all feel better about things and we move on from there. Uh, but that being said, frustrating three games against the Astros. The best thing that, that happened in the in this last game, this Sunday game against the Astros, is Sid Bream, uh, one of the all-time favorite Braves ever, uh, was in the was in the broadcast booth for an inning. It was cool to see him and and hear from from him again and relive those things. And guys, I'll also say another positive. I've really enjoyed Brandon Gowden, uh, the new Braves broadcast play-by-play guy. He has, uh, I think Mark Bowman had an um, an interview with him this week and just recounting his Braves fandom. I mean, he is a true blue Braves fan growing up. He's right about my age. So I really appreciate all the things he said about growing up and, and you know, the heartbreak of being a Braves fan and, and just also, you know, he, him getting to work alongside Tom Glavin this weekend. And it, it's just like you can kind of live through him a little bit and you appreciate they didn't just go out and get any old guy, any random, you know, decent broadcaster. This guy loves the Braves. Uh, everything that he's doing is very meaningful to him. So I just appreciate it. So shout out to Brandon Gordon. Um, I'm definitely pulling for him to just have a great success in his career as the Braves broadcaster. And uh, hopefully we can hear him calling some Braves wins in these next few weeks. So, all right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of State of the Braves. And I'll be back next time. And I hope that I'm coming back after uh, a Braves win streak. All right, see you later.